Hello everybody and welcome to On The Mend. I'm Matt Willis and in this series I'm going to be taking a look into the world of mental health, addiction and recovery and how people get through hard times. My guest today is Liz Carter. Liz is a leading UK expert in gambling addiction and women. She's the author of three books on this subject as well as being the founder of Level Ground Therapy. Liz regularly writes for newspapers and magazines and in 2021 she was awarded an MBE for services to gambling addiction in women. In this episode, Liz helps us understand more about gambling and why it causes such pain and destruction to people. We look at the psychology behind it and how we can help those who are addicted. I hope you find this as interesting to listen to as I did recording it. Liz Carter, thank you so much for coming in today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to speak to you. Oh, it's my pleasure, Matt. Thank you for inviting me, and I'm really delighted to be here. I can, um, I, I don't even know where to really start. I think from what I've what I've seen from from reading about you and kind of seeing what you've put out there, it seems like more and more. I mean, you specialise in, in gambling addiction, and um, mm-hmm. and especially with women. Yes. And it seems like there's more and more women having problems with addiction with gambling. Why do you think that is right now? I. Th- believe that we can't look at any addiction without looking at the social and mental health context. Yeah. That it sits in. And more and more studies show that women are suffering higher levels of stress and depression and anxiety than ever they were. And why is that? Of course, we've got the obvious answers, like we've been through a pandemic just came out of that, and yeah. then we have an existential threat. There's a threat of war. We're into a financial crisis, of course, all of that yeah. causes stress and depression and anxiety. I also work with lots of women who would be described as a sandwich women. So women who are caught in between the pressures of work, yeah, home, husband family and sometimes Mm. the club sandwich woman you know the woman who's still at work but maybe has older children grandchildren she's looking after aging parents all of those things come together to create the perfect storm where a woman you know feels trapped suffocated in a life that often doesn't feel like it's her authentic life yeah. And that causes great pain and suffering. And isn't it the most natural thing in the world, if we're in pain, to look for a way of easing that? And often, quite by accident, she's discovered that gambling is her escape, her yeah. emotional painkiller. I, I, I mean, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Mm. That seems like such an obvious cycle to me. I mm. mean, um, well, I mean, my history is drinking drugs, and I've never really kind of... To be honest, I've been terrified of gambling because um, like when I was drinking and using, I, I needed money. Mm. So um, gambling just seemed like a waste of money to yeah. me. So um, I never really got there. But then um, I was in Australia once and I was working on a TV show out there. And in the pubs in, in Sydney, there was the dog racing mm. on, which was um, and there was these little machines you could put a bet on. It was all kind of exciting. You got a ping noise when your thing came out. And um and I was drinking in there and I went back there every day and mm. just bet on dogs the entire time I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came back that kind of stopped. But when I was there it was um it was so enticing to me 
Like, okay. um, and I and I, I quickly went, oh, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to stay away from that, you know. So it's um, there's something quite um, and I mean for me, for me, I was I was drinking whilst doing this, but I mean for a lot of people, I think it's um, the thing with gambling is it's it's socially acceptable to a way, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no physical consequences when you look at someone, you can't tell they're a gambling addict when someone becomes a a drug addict or an addicted to alcohol you can kind of see on their physical body you know i'm sure that people will start to deteriorate in all kinds of addictions but it's very easy for someone to miss that yes. you know i think and it's very easy to hide away from it and um, from my experience all addiction is about isolation in some kind of way and i think that gambling would massively appeal to that i couldn't agree more you know, people, particularly the women that I work with, describe to me, it's, it's like being sealed away in a bubble yeah. where in that moment they're not thinking and feeling anything else. Yeah. But for women, interestingly, it often isn't about that experience of feeling something intensely that you described. Yeah. Certainly I work with men who will mm. describe that and we'll come to that in a moment. But for the majority of women, they choose, again, often subconsciously, it's not they're deciding to do this. They, they come across products that enable them just to zone out. It can feel a bit like mindfulness, yeah. where all that exists is that absolute focus. So historically, when I first started practicing about uh, 22, 23 years ago, I suppose, Um, I'd see women who were playing on slots Mm. in arcades or in bingo halls. And again, it was that very methodical staring at a screen, just pressing buttons. Yeah. Now, 99% of the women who I see for treatment are now gambling online. Yeah. And you've got a 24-hour casino in your pocket. Absolutely. It's so accessible. It's there in homes and handbags, in offices. Mm. And just as you were saying earlier on, Matt, so easily hidden. You know, if the, the screen is hidden, then so is the problem. Yeah. So I've I've worked with um, one one woman as an example who was in a situation of coercive control. She found it very difficult to leave her home mm. because her partner would give her an interrogation before and afterwards, so she'd stay home. And for her, she would be gambling on her phone. He'd think she was doing a bit of a, a shopping online. But it was her way of exiting emotionally and mentally. She was gone. Yeah. Because she was physically trapped in that situation. That kind of thing is not at all unusual. And while the woman is having that experience of gambling on things that are typically slots or bingo, really doesn't matter what she's doing. It is just that simple play, repetitive activity. And to sort of evidence that that mindfulness aspect, that zoning out. Somebody that I work with recently said something that didn't surprise me. She said, I was wearing my sports watch while I was gambling. And when I looked down, it actually thought I was in a deep sleep. Wow. That's how calming the effect is at the time. Wow. Until, of course, we know it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. And that losing touch of reality is a way that causes those disastrous consequences of losing touch with the reality of how much money's been spent, often until there's none left. And then the panic sets in. Mm. 
and she's then got, of course, double the trouble. She's She's been escaping from life problems anyway, and now she's got another set. Yeah. There's no money left. So loss chasing is a, a way of attempting to sort of uh, turn back the clocks. Yeah. You know, it can be as if it never happened. If I can win this money back... Absolutely. Then and it's you like, can't see yeah. that the... the the solution is actually the problem. Yes. You know, in a way, which is, um, well, that's, that's so, I mean, I, I can relate so much to this for everything that I've experienced. You know, yes. it just seems like, um, it, you know, it, it must be, um, like I've read lots about, about the, the effects of, of gambling and kind of what that, what that does in the, in the, in the mind. Mm. And, um, and they talk a lot about kind of like, um, how you can get, this kind of release of dopamine when you when you think about gambling, yeah. you know. But um, once it becomes to a problem where you're where it's already an addiction, mm. it's you've got so many things at play, mm. you know, because you've got all these stresses, all these kind of worries anyway from life which you had before, yeah. And now you've got this new sense of embarrassment, shame, yeah. You know, you need relief from that, so you turn to the cause of your problems to relieve your pain yes and that builds more shame more yes. so the shame cycle just repeats you know and it's um and i think that must be the thing because 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 the loss of money is is so huge mm -hmm. so you're like you're gambling to try and win back the stuff that you've you've lost which just is is obviously a terrible idea you know but yeah. it's, uh, to, to anybody outside but when you're in it you know, yes. like it's um, it's the same for me with with, with drinking. Like um, I, I I couldn't I couldn't physically stop drinking. I felt if I stopped drinking, I would die. Yes. But then by drinking, I was killing myself. You know, so yes. it's, um, and um, and so it's um, I I I remember talking to someone once in, in in recovery about about gambling, and they were kind of like, well, it's not the same. And I was quite taken aback by that statement. And then once, when I was in early recovery, I was I was going to lots of certain meetings, and um, I would literally hang around this place in London, mm -hmm. and, in Hind Street, and there was certain meetings for addicts to go in all mm -hmm. the time, and I would just walk into any one that was open, and I walked mm -hmm. in and sat down one day, and I found myself in a in a gambling meeting, mm -hmm. and um and I was like, oh no, I'm in the wrong room, oh god, how do I get out? You know, and um, and I sat there and I listened to people talk, and I was like, "Oh, you're speaking the same language as me." You know, it's just a different thing. It's just another, it's another form of addiction that I haven't thought about. You know, do you think they're all very much the same? I I love that you said that, and I love that you had that experience mm. and that you're voicing that, Matt. Because I yes, I think, I think the addictions obviously they look different on the surface they have different yeah. presenting forms but the underlying drive usually so so similar like mm. we said it's about it's about avoidance of pain yes one of the most natural human drives we're all about seeking rewards and avoiding pain yeah on a basic level and that's what it's about and i to me what give gives evidence to that is when over the years Often people have come to me, men and women, and they, they sat in my consulting room and they said, Liz, I, I don't know that you're going to be able to help me because I think I've just got an addictive personality. Yeah. And they'll yeah. share that there were, you know, first, perhaps like yourself, they'll say there was, there was alcohol. 
And then I had six sessions of CBT and I got to grips with that. And then a short while later, I picked up recreational drugs. And then I had some more CBT and I stopped that. And now there's gambling. Yeah. And they might even find that there were more things in the pot. Um, mm. uh, sex addiction, love addiction. Yeah. Anything that has that anticipation, reward and low. Now, I like to work in a really holistic way. I don't promise quick fixes. Yeah. Because what I like to do is to really get down into a depth of understanding of that person so that I can help them to understand themselves. And often when someone feels that they have an addictive personality, it's that they've never done that. They've just addressed the surface level, the behavioural level. How do I stop doing this? That's been my repeating story. Oh, yeah. bless you. Yeah. 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 And it's, a, for me, what really works is about asking the question, how do I be myself? Yeah. You know, how do I become a being that is living a, a truly authentic life for myself? Yeah. Without the seeking of something to yes. make us feel different. Yes. You know, to kind of make us, uh, to to change the way we feel. Yeah, you know. So um, I mean, I relate so much to that because it's been like um, with addiction. I think, I think that's that's the thing that's overlooked. It's like when I when I first got into treatment and things, I it was just about stopping taking drugs. Yeah, you know, it's just no. I just need to stop taking drugs. But the more I've gone along the line, I haven't drunk or used for a long time. But I can become addicted to absolutely anything, mm-hmm. you know. And I put <laughs> one down and I pick one up, you know. Yes. And um and and. I'm I'm much better at noticing it now. Yes. And going that's that's what I think I've 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 been able to work on is is behavior. Wonderful you know, stuff. Um, yeah. which is which has been a really big thing for me, but yes. um I think I think you're right until we get to the root of the problem, which is a it's part of your soul in a way. It's part mm. of it's part it's um like I've heard people describe it as this kind of whole you know, mm. and you just try to shove stuff in to fill this mm. hole, but it's a never-ending gaping hole that just swallows it up. And it might feel good for a second, but then it just swallows it all up, and the hole's still there. Yeah, you know, so you're kind of constantly shoving things in to fill this hole. You know, um, and I think that's um, that's exactly what what gambling would do. You know, it would kind of give you that little bit of um, of a, it would not even a little bit, it'd give you exactly what you need. You know, at the time until. Once again, like it's it's um, one of my favorite bands is um, had a song called First It Giveth. And it was first it giveth, then it taketh away yeah. is their lyric. And I've always listened to that lyric. And it just means so much to me because it's exactly what it is. You know, I think um, um, what you said about uh, about kind of the overwhelming life stuff, mm. you know, like how does how does one go about dealing with that without having some kind of relief you know in the form of an addiction which we love you know until we don't until we hate it we can't stop doing it because i, I think that's the um that's the thing like um i was trying to think about about addiction it's kind of um it's kind of characterized as intense craving loss of control and continued use despite consequences mm. you know so we have that going on and mm. how do you treat somebody how do you how do you break it down to a personal level and, and deal with that when all they want to do is stop gambling. Yes. You know, and you're like, are you, we're going to, we're going to stop you gambling, but also we have to address this. Yes. You know, what, what is that? What yes. is that like? 
it's a it can be a long journey and and people are often very frightened of doing that mm. oh when somebody first comes to me just as you said they're what they want is they want to stop gambling yeah. and often they think the only problem they have is that Absolutely. they've been gambling to the extent that they have massive debt and if they can stop gambling and the debt goes away then the problem is going to go away and i think as people again we're as we were saying we're all about pain avoidance so people often want to miss that middle bit as i call it so they want to go from of course that place where they're in such distress such pain within the addiction and then go to this much better place as they perceive it where they're not gambling and life is good and the middle bit is about really looking at themselves and really understanding what they need yeah. for that place to truly look good for them. Yeah. And it, it's painful because part of that is um, looking at, of course, the consequences of gambling and, and what that has done. And that in itself can often cause relapse yeah. or it can mean that somebody then picks up another addiction. Mm. I think when we're focusing here today on women, if I were to say what was the biggest block to women's recovery, it's guilt that she yeah. feels once she starts to detox from gambling, no longer using it as a distraction. The guilt that she feels at having hurt those that she loved yeah. can often feel so unbearable that, yes, if we're not careful, she'll go back and she'll gamble again. Yeah. Or what it will do is that same guilt will drive her, and I've seen this for guys too, mm. to a massive overcompensation where somebody is saying, okay, well, I've hurt everyone that I loved, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give everyone all my time, all my money, all my energies. Yeah. I do not matter. I am a bad person. So what I work really hard to do is to get that person to look at actually the truth mm. and I'll say you know imagine you've got the movie of your life what you're doing is you're rewinding and you're seeing yourself in the action of gambling and yes that did cause pain to yourself and to others but don't stop there you know rewind before yeah. and look at that person before what was going on for her yeah and often like we say we see the sandwich woman or the club sandwich woman, overwhelmed by different generations and the pressure to climb the career ladder. Or I see these days young women coming in, just frozen up, paralysed with the anxiety that online dating is causing. Yeah, I mean, that's such a big oh. thing. I mean, uh, yeah, um, I have a few women that I know that that is such a big part of their life, you know, is trying to navigate this online dating world oh. which can become addictive in itself especially for um i know men that they're that are very much addicted to that you know and i, I it's yes. not my place to say but i'm like <laughs> dude i think you need to stop swiping you know but yes. um it's um it's it's such a that's such a big part of of life now for young women it must just be such a minefield I, and again we come back to what we've touched on the highs and the lows because yeah. that's what it creates yeah. you know there's it's actually a very similar psychology to gambling addiction mm. and i often find 
that um, the two can go hand in hand. Yeah. And that maybe it's the the, the pain of heartbreak mm. uh, from any source, uh, the uh, the difficulty in letting go of a relationship. Mm. Has, it mirrors the psychology of addiction. Yeah. Because you've got the anticipation phase, you know, am I going to get the win? If we come yeah. back to the online dating world, for example, oh, you know, here's somebody that I quite like. Um, if I like them, if I poke them, send them a message, whatever we do, yeah. am I going to get something back? Yeah. So there's the anticipation. You get something back, then there's a high. Yeah. We all like highs. Yeah. And then maybe you chat to that person for a bit Maybe you even meet up with them and then they ghost you. Yeah. Or they dump you. Or you realize that actually they're married with five kids. Yeah. And there's the low. There's the heartbreak. And, and gosh, you know, rejection has actually been proven to be one of the most painful experiences we ever have. Yeah. It can crush us. It can make us feel we're going crazy. There again, there's the pain. And, and, so not, here's and not good enough. And, 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 and less than, which is just... Um, I hear so much in addiction, you know, it's this yes. feeling of less than, this feeling of not good enough. Yes. You know, which is... Um, Inadequacy. And, and, I, and I think that's, that. going back to what you were saying at the beginning, like the stresses of life, like women are expected to be able to cope with this stuff. Yes. You know, but we're living in a world right now which is not the world that we were living in 50 years ago. You know, so yeah. how can we be expected to have evolved to deal with this life yeah. when it's taken millions of years to get to where we are right now you know and we're suddenly in a world that is so alien from yes. anything that anybody's coped with in the past yes you know it, i i i certainly i certainly see a lot of tr of truth in what you're saying and i'm heartened to hear that because yes what what i found and what i believe is is not necessarily so pc these days yeah but i believe in equality of course mm. i do but we are not identical. Yeah. And I find that. And I work with so many women who sit with me and they cry. I, and, and I work online too across the country and internationally. I remember one woman who was literally Matt, on her knees in her bedroom. This is a professional woman. Yeah. And it was during lockdown. She's working at home. There are her kids in the background who weren't well interrupting her. She's trying to work and she was crying. And she said, all I want to do is be at home with my kids. I want yeah. to be a stay-at-home mum. Yeah. But all the expectations, my family's expectations, who paid for me to go to uni. Yeah. My husband's expectations, because now I'm supporting the mortgage on this big house. Yeah. That I go out there in the world. Mm. And she's in this position, like so many women, where they just feel guilt no matter what they do. Absolutely. Constantly guilty that she's not doing a good enough job at work. Yeah. Constantly guilty that she's neglecting her children. Mm. And very many women, I find, still have strong nurturing instincts. Yeah. So no matter how intelligent they are, no matter how much they, they truly want a career, they still have that pull. If they've got a partner and kids, to be loving them, nurturing them, and when they can't do that, it's so painful. Absolutely. And they're it's trying to do it all yeah. and just destroying their own mental health. Yeah. It comes back to that question that um, I always find a fascinating question when people, I, I get asked it quite a lot, is um, is addiction a mental health issue or is, is it the other way around? I'm like, does it matter? 
Yeah. You know, it's all the same. Yeah. You know, it's just um it it just seems to it just seems to pop up in a way mm. that is not socially acceptable. Mm. You know, but I mean so, you know, if some if someone's depressed, it's um it's I mean we we the society seems to talk about mental health quite a lot right now. Mm. But I don't think anyone's really understanding what that is and what mm. the kind of overbearing world that we're living in right now is doing to society in some way mm. you know like it's um it, there, there's so many pressures for everybody to kind of be this whatever we've decided is the ultimate human yeah you know and it's yeah. like why does anybody have to be everything mm. do you know what i mean like it's just um and i and i feel that with 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 women more and more these days is that it's um it's 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 expected that you have to do the. You have to do one, which is the hardest job in the world, which is um, and not for everybody, but for some, for some uh, women who choose it to be a mother, to be a, mm. um, to be part of a family. That is, in my opinion, the hardest job that's ever been given to any human. Mm. You know, and mm. then oh, by the way, you also have to be an entrepreneur and 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 go and have a job and you know and go into this thing and deal with that because yeah. and that's really really difficult. You know, like the stresses of life are so. Are so huge, you know, that it's um, anybody who could not understand why somebody would want to find some kind of relief in some way yes. is is just I don't really understand their thought pattern, it's, you know. Yes, and and as humans, we are what what interests me so much about gambling is that um, is that as humans, we are attracted to unpredictability. Mm-hmm. You know, if we did the same thing over and over again. Mm. it would become boring, you know, and people say, well, you play the same game over and over again. Yes, but it's unpredictable. The results are unpredictable. And online especially, there's an algorithm at play Mm -hmm. which makes it very unpredictable. And these, like, occasional rewards along the way that reinforce that message, it just seems, I mean, it doesn't seem geared. It seems absolutely manipulated to keep you addicted Yes. Like it's um it's it's it like there's an there's obviously in my I don't know this for 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 fact but there seems to be some kind of algorithm at play that is going to go all right we've got someone here let's tie them in. You know. Yes. Has there been anybody that looked into that kind of thing? I I I can't say for certain but mm. I do believe that yeah, psychologists are employed in the making of these games. Yeah. Uh, several years ago, I shan't mention any names, but yeah. I was asked, literally, the question was, would you come over to the dark side for a little while? Take a little walk over yeah. to this side. There's a there's a company not in the UK, I hasten to add, yeah. that wants to know what is the psychology, what, what would hook someone in oh because they God. want to design a game. Um, I hastily declined. Yeah. <laughs> I want to add that, but yes. Yes, yeah, of course, there is a psychology of addiction to anything, just like you're saying, Matt, yeah. sometimes winning, sometimes losing. I see that reflected when I when I work with often relationship problems and someone will maybe have a pattern of they, they find the decent guy or the, the decent woman and, you know, somebody who's steady 
somebody who is actually demonstrating love to them as an action, and yet constantly they're lured off by someone else. It's the bad boy or the bad girl. Yeah. And oh, here is love. I'm in love. Yeah. But actually, you're you know you're not in love. We're not in love with that. We're in love with not in love with that person, but we're. We are in love with that experience because it's intense. Here's yeah. the high. Here's the low. One minute they call me and I've got a date. The next minute I don't hear from them yeah. for a week and I'm crushed and I'm depressed and yeah. I'm sobbing. And then they call me. So I must be in love with them because it's so ten intense. Yeah. And that's transcendent. Mm. Like Gambling or any addiction is transcendent. It lifts us up. Yeah. And out of ourselves. Mm. And actually, I'm a great believer that we all need something that lifts us out of ourselves. You touched on that earlier Ab on. Absolutely. I'm a great advocate for that. And I help my clients to find that. Yeah. If they're gambling because they're trapped, how are you going to make some adjustment? Sometimes it's a bigger change. Maybe you need to leave that overly stressful job. Yeah. Maybe you need to find a way out of that relationship where you're being controlled yeah but maybe you just need to tweak things maybe you need to stop living your life constantly by the unwritten rules of please others and yeah. be perfect because if you've got all these people you're looking after then you i i often say you've got an absolute obligation to look after yourself yeah so that you've got the inner resources to care when you choose to so i bring that element or aim to bring that element of choice back into yeah. people's lives. You can choose to say yes and care for someone else, or today you can choose to say no because you're exhausted. Yeah. And you need to sit and meditate, or you need to go out with your girlfriends and dance to 2 a.m. Yeah. Whatever it is that gets you out of yourself. Completely. Your you know, life. I think I think that's that's so important. I think you know, in 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 my experience, I've 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 had to put recovery before everything. Yes. You know, which was really hard for me to do at yeah. the beginning because I was like, "What are you telling me? That has to be number one." Yeah. You know, I was like, "It can't be everything at that. That would be maybe number three. You know, yeah. but not number one. But without that, yes, everything else falls to pieces. You know. Indeed. Um. So you wrote a fantastic book, um, uh, Four Weeks to Freedom, oh, where you give amazing advice for people because you know i just um i just did a documentary with the bbc and um and the elephant in the room which was we didn't really get time to really explore enough mm. was funding you know mm. the the documentary was about addiction and it was um it was um, and we went to look at multiple different places and multiple different services and it was like well Obviously, mm. we need to put more money into this and we need to help people. And, mm. and the time to act is when they need it, mm. you know, but it's like, it's like, oh, you need some help. Okay, here's a two year waiting list for a therapist or here's, um, or here's, you know, an unachievable amount of money that you have to pay to go and see someone privately. Um, or you have to go to a recovery center, which costs mm. at the very least £7,000. Mm. You know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's unachievable, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, um, I'm so pleased that you brought this book out because if, if someone can read it, they can get real help that can help them right now. Mm. You know, would you would you explain some of the methods you're using for Easter Freedom? Yes, certainly. Um, well, I wrote that book, which is really a, a distillation of everything that I've learned from the people that I work with over the years. You know, I've learned what really works. Yeah. 
So it's called Four Weeks to Freedom because I have certainly found that using these techniques, it is possible to break the habit part of the addiction within four weeks. And I know that for anyone listening who is in the midst of it, they're going to listen to that with disbelief and say, you're joking. It's absolutely true. And then after those four weeks, then we go on and look at the deeper issues. So four weeks to freedom covers the essentials that someone needs to look at to get into that, get achieve that precious four yeah. weeks of recovery when then it's possible to really look at yourself. So it's, I'd like to think a really honest book, it's saying that the first couple of weeks are going to be pretty much hell. Yeah. There are real withdrawal symptoms from gambling, mm. which surprises people. Yeah. So often I hear from my clients, oh, well, I, I did try and talk to my partner or family or friends, and they just said, he's stupid. Yeah. Just stop. The book isn't, you know, you're never going to win. You never see a poor bookie, all of that. Or Absolutely. chestnut stuff. I mean, that, that is exactly what I got told. Well, just why don't you stuff four? Yeah. Just yeah. stuff four drinks. You yes. know, I'm like, I've tried. <laughs> yes. You know, it's just like, it's, um, and, and what, what I love about this is that um, I've had so many people over time kind of come to me with, with, with addiction issues and who are not willing to really properly admit that they have the problem which I can see in mm. front of me. Mm-hmm. And um and I've I've I know that maybe what I think would help them the most they're not gonna take on. Mm. So I've advised them to go for 30 days without the substance of choice. Great. Unless they're physically addicted, unless they're like um, with alcohol and, and certain kind of opiates, it's um, it, you have to be medically supervised to come off those Indeed. things. Like it's, um, yeah. it's a real, it, it depends how dependent you are on it. But when I see someone who describes himself as a problem drinker or problem user, mm. you know, I'm like, well, look, that's, that's, I advise you to go 30 days without this, you know, and then come back and we'll talk during that time. But then after 30 days, see how you feel, see how your life is going. If everything's better, then maybe we need to stop doing this. You know, if like everything's better and you feel like you can maybe have a drink again, try that. You know, that's not for me to say that you can have a drink again. I'm not advising that. But those 30 days can really reset someone's um, kind of a relationship with the addictive substance, I Mm. think. I love that. I really do love that. Yeah, you could you could do my job. Someone else mentioned it to me once, Brilliant. like years ago, and I didn't take yeah. their advice. But um, <laughs> but it's um, it's been um, mm. so I'm I'm so impressed by this. And and and, really and how many? Um, so so during those four weeks, it, yes. I mean, the thing it like when people say like what you just said, well, just stop. It's so stupid. Oh. You know what they're not understanding is the is something I, I, I've, I've been reading lots about, which is the dopamine balance in, in our brain, which is, mm. you know, there's a, there's kind of a seesaw in your brain, which is pleasure and pain. Yes. And when you experience pleasure, pain goes down. Yes. But unfortunately, the body always tries to equalize. Yes. So, but unfortunately, when you, when you have an intense amount of pleasure, which is dopamine, you know, when it comes back down, it doesn't go down to base level. It comes down a bit further. So you actually physically feel pain. You know, that's what withdrawal is. Yes, and people, yep, exactly right. And Mm. it's so important, I think, that we 
emphasise that that happens with withdrawal from gambling. Absolutely. People do not get sympathy no. from family and friends. But people, people describe to me, you know, stomach pains. You know when, yeah. when someone says, I'm gutted? Yeah, yeah. That's how, it's usually, actually, if we think about it, people often say that when there's been some sort of loss. Yeah. Maybe when someone died or, again, when they've got a broken heart. And mm. I often actually prepare people for recovery by trying to get them to have that comparison because I think for all of us if we've you know lived a little bit of life we've probably all had our heart broken at yeah. the very least and I, I will say to people do you, do you remember that feeling of that real physical pain and you feel sick and your stomach hurts yeah and you really believe at that time that you will never feel better yeah unless you get that person back in your life mm. and Everybody will always say, oh, yes. And I'll say, well, take heart because you came through that. You got over that person. Yeah. And probably now you hardly ever think of them. Yeah. So if you can do that, you can do this. Absolutely. And it, and it will regulate. It will. It will. Yes. This too shall pass is something which I have to tell myself a lot in my life. You know, and it's, so um, but it's so true because it, it definitely will. And I think you're so on the money with this four weeks because it's, um, you know, like, I think when you, when you're relating it to heart, heartbreak, that's so, that's so great. I've always related it to a hangover. You know, when you mm. feel a hangover, if you're, if you're addicted to drink or drugs, mm. that hangover without the substance can last a hell of a long time, mm. you know, and it's not the, um, it's not the feeling of, Oh, I feel rubbish. Mm. It's a feeling of oh, I feel rubbish. The only thing that will make me feel better is my drug of choice. Exactly you know? that, and that can last a while. You know, like um, I see people in recovery that call it the pink cloud when they come out of that time, and they 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 settle into this feeling of oh, I don't yeah. feel that right now, which yes. is <laughs> always for me a dangerous time because <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like yeah, I know you don't, but let's not let's not get too ahead of ourselves you know let's kind of rein it in a little bit because that can also lead to relapse you know but it's um uh, it's 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 so important this thing i think so so during those four weeks because obviously there's abstaining from gambling what other kind of um things do you do to kind of help people through that period of time i think i bore people to death by going on about routine yeah and structure it sounds so simple, but it's all these simple things together make such a big difference. Yeah. So routine, you know, what time do you go to bed? Often I hear, oh, I don't know, maybe sometimes 1, 2 a.m. because I've been out gambling. gambling. Yeah. And then I just get up maybe about 10 or 11 and then I feel bad about myself because the day's gone. Then I beat myself up, make mm. myself depressed. So I gambled again. So we set very simple things like, well, Get yourself a good bedtime. Avoid screen time of any kind before you go to bed. Yeah. Set the alarm so you get up at a time in the day when you feel good. And when the alarm gets goes off, you get up. Yeah. I ban lions during yeah. the first four weeks. A lion's great, but only if everything's good in yeah. our head and our heart. Yeah. If not, we start the day with negativity because, you you know, you lie there and if your first thoughts are negative about the destruction that gambling's caused, what an awful person you are, then it's like quicksand. You sink deeper and deeper into that. You can't get up. Yeah. And then it's it's all lost. So get up, 
physical activity, that's another another really important one. You know, get out, exercise, embody yourself. Yeah. Because in addiction, everyone's so much in their, in their heads mm. and bodies can become just a vehicle from getting A to B. Yeah. You know, people don't see a doctor, they don't see a dentist. They forget to eat. Yeah. Nutrition as well. So it doesn't have to be about, you know, a, a, a strict diet, but eat three meals a day. As yeah. you were saying, Matt, about regulating. Yeah. We can do so much to regulate ourself and our mood by starting the day in a positive way, eat well, sleep well. Yeah. So those very simple things and bringing heaps of comfort and kindness. That's to yourself. That's so important during that time. Because as, as you've been describing, addiction is essentially about trying to make oneself feel better. Yeah. But it's been, it's in a way that hasn't worked. It's just caused more pain. Yeah. So getting someone to look at, you know, when you feel sad, you don't have to gamble. What you could do is you could go and make a hot water bottle. You could get the duvet and sit under that. Yeah. And you could get your escapism in a box set. I know I know someone Absolutely. who watched all episodes of Games of Thrones yeah. over those four weeks and it got her through. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Exactly. You know, as long as it's not using. Exactly. You know. That's what I often say myself. Yeah. I say, you know, you give yourself permission to do anything that mm. helps you and isn't going to hurt you yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And I suppose for me, it was, um, I mean, you're speaking my language here. This is what I do every day. <laughs> oh, bless like, you. And I'm I so still good. do it every day because it's, because um, my day, like I woke up this morning, I got up and when my alarm went off, I went and I have a ridiculous morning routine. I get in this cold bath and then I, then I work out and I, I meditate and do all this kind of stuff, which I do every day. But um, if I don't do that, yeah. I can very easily start my day with the wrong headspace. Yes. And, um, and that can spiral out of control. And before I know it, I'm turning to things for comfort which um don't get me wrong occasionally is fine but i have to really watch my behavior so i'm and i'm maybe a little bit hard on myself with that stuff because um i i can do something once and go i knew I, I'm, I'm behaving bad you know all this kind of stuff which I, I'm, I'm trying to get better at but um i think you're so right i think all these things are are so important and and as an addict of anything nothing else is important apart from the drug of choice, which mm. in this case is gambling. Mm. And every thought during the day will be about that in some weird way, yes. you know, and everything, it becomes all encompassing. Yeah. So, and during those four weeks, you're going to have a lot of those thoughts, right? So it's yes. about trying to go, right, okay, what can I do in this moment exactly. that is going to make me feel not this way absolutely you know i do say to someone you're going to have to keep yourself incredibly busy during these four weeks because like you said somebody sits and they start to think then their thoughts are going to go to to wanting Mm. to gamble of course because it is painful and they're going to start to remember to the the things that they regret yeah so it will become overwhelming during those first four weeks to sit with that. So it's finding healthy distractions and those might be things like, like we were saying, you know, watching movies or box sets. Yeah. Uh, I know some people who found knitting 
Yeah. Really helpful. Or cooking. Painting, cooking. For me, it's been, has been, has been something. I'm terrible at cooking, but um, but I've really turned to it at times to kind of just fill time and also get yes. something rewarding at the end of it. Yes. You know, anything like that, I think, can be, can be, can be so, so rewarding. Exactly. You know. uh, it's focusing the mind, isn't it? Because as we said, with gambling, particularly for the women and lots of men that I work with too, it is a, a way of trying to calm and soothe thoughts yeah. to avoid things that in simple terms are making them feel sad, angry or scared. Yeah. So it's finding other ways. I think this can go for all kinds of addictions. In, like, I, I think this yeah. is such important um, things to be talking about. You know, I think um, I think routine is is massive. I think it's so. Oh it's yes. So, it's so it's so important. I think it's um, it's something that's really overlooked when you're in active addiction. Yes. Because um, because everything becomes so fixated on on the one thing. I think it's great. And it's um, so reassuring too. I think that's a big part of it because it's scary, isn't it, to have yeah. an addiction, and those early withdrawal times are terrifying, and routine is about predictability. Of course, we know when we're going to get up. We know where we can find things so they're not stressful because they become just part of our, our unconscious process that yeah. lowers the stress. Yeah. And as human beings, we, we like the predictable too. And it can be a lovely way of calming and soothing those anxious yeah. thoughts and feelings at that mm. time. And so many people actually who said to me initially, particularly guys I hear this from, Oh, I hate routine. You know, I'm someone I love excitement. Yeah, love I'm spontaneous. Take, yeah, exactly. Right, cool. Six months yeah. down the line, they say, you know what, Liz? I absolutely love my routine. Completely. And I love, I think if there was one thing people love, I don't know if you can relate to this, Matt, it's peace of mind. Completely. People, when they've got that, they say, yeah, that's yeah. the one thing I would not lose. Yeah. That keeps me on track. By, 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 by 9 a.m. I can feel fulfilled yes. and like I've achieved, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is um, which is such a great feeling to be able to live the rest of my day with. You know, it's um, yes. it's so funny and it doesn't have to be as extreme as mine. Like it can be simply getting up on time, you know, like I've yes. been um, I've been recently getting morning sunlight in my eyes. Oh. So I've been getting that 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 time when the sun's coming up kind of Wonderful. getting that sun in my eyes outside in nature yes. like um, I know you walk your dog in the morning yes. which, is, which is exactly the kind of thing I'd love to be doing Emma if you're <laughs> listening I really still want a dog but um, <laughs> you know it's um, it's uh, it's been really really amazing for me to kind of do that and it's a bit of time for myself it's a bit of time to kind of reflect and I, I do a gratitude list every morning me too which, is, um, which, is, which has been a game changer for me and it's something which I give lots of people to do you know I think it's um it's so important, you know, and I've heard you talk as well about after this four weeks, mm -hmm. kind of keeping yourself excessively busy, kind of keeping those 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 gambling thoughts at bay or whatever addiction yes. thoughts at bay. You know, the importance, what I have had struggle with is boredom. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I have I have really struggled to ever let myself just be, just be. You know, um, I've always been like, oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Waste of time. I need to do this. I need to do this. You know, which is um, part of my probably addict brain a little bit. But, but actually, all my, in the last couple of years, everything that's, not everything, most things that have happened, which I've had an idea for or a creative outlet for, mm -hmm. have come in moments of boredom. 
you know, yes. and actually sitting and going. Like they always say, like the best ideas come to you in the shower. Yeah, it's because you're not doing anything. Yeah, you know, like you're washing yourself. But you, you've got time to think. You know, and I think that's um, that's something which I am becoming more interested in is kind of just sitting and letting my thoughts go you know and kind of what kind of happens with that how do you, how important do you think that is i think it's so important that we have that self-reflective period yeah certainly in the four weeks it will feel overwhelming but then yeah. after that all of my work really is helping someone to discover their authentic self that's yeah. in there somewhere mm. and we can only discover that if we can be you know, be still yeah. and, uh, you know, we're human beings, but we're so often just human doings. Absolutely. And Perfectly I, said. Yeah, and I think it's, it's again, about reward. Hmm. Matt, I think that once we experience the rewards of doing that, maybe through meditation, yeah. or like you said, getting that creative idea yeah. in moments of stillness, hmm. then we can get to love that. Yeah. We might not love doing it all the time mm. because I believe, too, that some people have um, a more extrovert nature. Yeah. So they actually restore by doing things. Yeah. They, they love to be around people. They like to be in action. But you can still have that moment of quiet and stillness mm. to to contact that that sort of soul level of yourself. But I think you know, as human... As, as people in today's society, we can feel massive guilt about that. Yeah. You know, what do you mean you're doing nothing? You should be doing something. Oh, yeah. You know, but actually doing nothing is exactly what you should be doing at times. You know, like um, I started journaling a little while ago and um, I need to start doing that again. I've, I've been, I've not been, I've not been very good at that recently because it takes quite a while because once I start, <laughs> I can't stop. And, um, and it can take me a really long time, but it's really got me back into writing, you know, and it's, um, Wonderful. it's, um, it's been an amazing experience of so just getting up, getting a piece of paper and just writing whatever is in my head and getting it out of my brain onto a piece of paper. And sometimes incredible things come up. Most of the time it's utter bullshit. But <laughs> sometimes these little nuggets come out. I'm like, oh, that's cool. What's that? Yeah. I'm going to explore that a little bit. You know. That's so interesting that you say that. Because one thing I, I discover again and again in my work is that many people who are, uh, develop addictions, many of us who do, generally are creative people. Yeah. And I think that to create something we need a high level of sensitivity yeah because we create through our experiences of the world and others in it and our own emotions and thoughts and sometimes that is going to be very very painful and overwhelming and that's how that person has developed an addiction yeah they take away the addiction and you often find very deep wells of creativity yeah. Within someone that they were they were blocking out with the addiction because that's the thing with addiction, isn't it? That you know, we we block out the things we don't want to think and feel. Yeah. And the negative things, but we also block out so much that's good. Absolutely. And we need we need to experience that good stuff. Mm. I think to want to stay on whatever our, our track is, avoid whatever it is that we want to avoid doing. Yeah. In the future. Liz, thank you so much for everything you've brought today. I really appreciate it. I think it's going to help so many people. You know, I think people li listening to this will be struggling with a lot of different things. And I think um, gambling is something which is becoming more and more apparent. Do you see it as, um, as a progressive illness? 
because for instance I, I know someone who I was in a show in the West End with somebody and they started playing this game called Bubble Witch oh. which was this little game where they had these bubbles they had to pop and mm. you know and you had to like you only had so many lives and you had to buy a new life yes and they were constantly buying these lives and then I was like and I could see it and I was like this is an addiction oh yeah. yes and yeah do you find that that can then lead to they don't get the same sensation from that anymore. So they're going to something like like what they call, they say marijuana is a gateway drug. You know, do you see these kids that are playing games like Roblox and these certain games where you're buying things, you're updating your profile, you're getting better armor, you're buying these things. Do you see that as a progression to online gambling? It can be. Yeah. Again, I suppose I go back to... Uh, one of my original comments when I said we have to look, I believe, at the social and mental health yes. context of that person. It's it's like the argument, isn't it, with video games? You know, mm. did we see these terrible stories of somebody taking a shotgun in America and they say, oh, well, he played this video game. But so do thousands of kids, but they're Absolutely. not going to commit mass murder. Yeah. Depends on yeah that, that person's uh background yeah does just social and mental health context but certainly i have seen that because of course a lot of video games look so similar mm. to gambling games they look yeah. similar they sound similar and somebody thinks well what's the harm yeah. in trying out one of these gambling games i can afford it i'll just use 10 pounds, 20 pounds. Yeah. And part of the problem with gambling is that people don't understand what the hooks in are. Yeah. And gosh, so often I've I've had people sitting in the room with me who say you won't believe what I do for a living. You know, I work in finance, I work in city finance, I'm an accountant, I'm a top lawyer. So I thought I was sensible with money. Yeah, they don't understand that it's not about that. It's what's going to be that hook in gets absolutely. On, it gets anyone on an emotional level. Yeah, it's here's this here's this anticipation high, then it causes a low. So I want I want more of that high. Yeah, um, or here's this this world here's this bubble I'm in where I just don't feel. I'm myself, I'm out of the world, which is causing me stress and pain. Mm. With with gamers, often I hear, I just became someone different and wasn't yeah. myself. Mm. And that's what I wanted at that time. Yeah, Reminds me of something a woman once told me about her gambling. You know, when I'm gambling, I cease to exist. And, and every time I say that, although she yeah. said it years ago, I actually feel really tearful because... Yeah. How sad. How, who wants to cease to exist? Yeah. yeah it's, um, that's a hard thing to hear. Mm. You know, I think it's um, um, it's obviously becoming a, a bigger and bigger problem. You know, mm. it's, um, it mm. doesn't seem to be going away. Like I was yeah. listening to something yesterday that was talking about um, in America, deaths of despair. Are, and just, just take the big three, which are um, suicide, um, uh, alcohol-related deaths and accidental poisoning, which is overdose. You know, those three are going up by twenty-five percent per year. Wow. You mm. know, and I mean, mm. um, there's obviously massive problems with fentanyl in the, in the United mm. States, and 
you know, but I mean, 25%. He was saying that no medical mm. disease is going up by more than 3% yeah. per year. But mm. yet, deaths of Dysperigone were up tw by 25 So I think, really, the time is now to look at what are we, what's going wrong um, yes. for the human that we are turning to yes. things that are that are becoming yeah. these addictions which are becoming problematic because you know if you think of if you think of suicide you know gambling is a is a like debt is the number one or well, one of the number one causes of that you know like this this un this 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 mountain that is too high to climb because they've buried themselves at yes. the bottom of it you know it's um and i, I think we really as a society have to start looking at that and kind of going, what's going wrong here? You know. Yes, we. I think we're living lives that go against our instinctive nature so yeah. often because there are lots of studies out there that evidence that yes, as human beings, of course, our intelligence has grown hugely yeah. since we evolved. But on an instinctive level, we're still pretty much as we are. And you know, you and I were chatting about animals, and when I look at my Cocker Spaniel and I look at my Siamese, they work with their instincts. If they're yeah. tired, they rest. Yeah. If something scared them or attacked them, caused them stress, they don't go back there. Yeah. But as human beings, we, for example, push ourselves to do the commute and to go in to the office where often we're regularly scared and yeah. stressed to earn the money that maybe we feel we need because we've designed a life that then starts to own us yeah. because we've got to get the money to pay for it. Yeah. All the, all these kind of things work against our instincts. Mm. So I think we all need to take that time to reflect yeah. and, and, and work out you know, who we are and how to have a really good working relationship with who we are. Yeah, So absolutely yeah. right. Life is struggle. You know, like yes. it really is. No one has a plain sailing life, however much you want to think about yeah. these people you see in social media or on oh, the telly okay. and movies. Everyone struggles, yes. you know, but it's about kind of, I suppose, trying to find a way to kind of exist within that struggle. Yes. You know, and kind of find a way that you can be as authentic as you possibly can be. Yes, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. I was supposed to wrap up ages ago, but I got <laughs> talking again. And you, you're so interesting to talk to. So thank oh, you so much. Um, if anybody you. wants to um, find out more about you and your work, where, where should they where should they go? Well, they can uh, find me on my on my website, which is uh, Level Ground Therapy. I'm not very good anymore at using social yeah. media because, uh, again, it's just not my, my kind of thing. I yeah. try and practice what I preach and work with myself. Yeah. But, yes, I'm there and there okay, are all great. my contact details on my website, Level Ground Therapy. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And check out Four Weeks to Freedom as well. Thank you so much. Bless you. Bye -bye. Thank you, Matt. My special thanks there to Liz Carter for her time, expertise and wisdom can find links to her book and website in our episode description and as always if you've been affected by anything you've heard in today's episode there are also links to guidance advice and organizations that can help you there too i hope you're enjoying the series so far please remember to follow and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and if you feel so inclined please leave us a review there too i'll be back next week where my guest will be the tv and radio presenter rylan i hope you can join me then bye bye